Good morning, Trace. How we doing this morning? Everybody doing good? Let me hear from you. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? I want to say welcome to all of you guys in this room. I want to say welcome to those of you that will be watching online today. Hey, here's one thing that I've learned in life. There are two types of people. There are people who are ready for summer to end, and then there are people who don't want it ever to end. Like some of you guys are like, man, I really love the fall. I'm ready for fall to start. Where's the fall people? Like I'm ready for summer to be over. You guys are weird. How about the really cool people, summer people? It's like, all right, it's the best split. Okay, just making sure, just making sure. Hey, uh, one of the things that I was thinking through uh, this past week as I was preparing for this sermon was kind of a, kind of a, a moment uh, that Emily and I had three years ago. And the reason I say that is because three years ago, Emily and I, we actually packed up our family. We were down in Arizona, and we packed up our family, and we packed up our stuff, and we started a journey, a 12-hour journey to Colorado Springs. And so what you need to know is in that moment, we actually took a step of faith because we had this idea for a church that was going to be called Trace, a church that would be both full of truth and grace, a church that was going to be designed to reach people far from God. But we honestly didn't have much more than that. We just knew in ways that only God knows how, we just knew that he was calling us to take this step of faith. When we first got here, the first six months were pretty crazy. We, we, in the first six months, we lived in three different homes. Emily started working full-time so that we could make it financially. We became pregnant with our fourth kid because she can't keep her hands off of me. Um, it's actually the other way around. Um, so, yeah, earmuffs kids. That's one of those earmuffs moments. Um, we renovated a house. This is all in six months' time. And, oh, yeah, by the way, did I tell you we were starting a new church? Along the way, things haven't been easy. There's been some unexpected obstacles. There's been some major disappointments. But what God has accomplished in and through this church in just shy of two years, we're getting ready to experience our two-year anniversary, is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, you can clap for that. But why do I tell you that? I tell you that because it all began with one step. Friends, today we begin a new series called Steps. And the hope behind this series is to help you to identify with a step or maybe steps that you could take in your own personal pursuit of God. And let me be clear about something on the front end. It doesn't matter where you're at in your faith or lack thereof. When you came through those doors this morning, you may have found yourself in a place where it's like, man, I just kind of feel stuck right now. So I know there, there may be a step I need to take. I'm just not sure what it is. Or maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. Maybe you grew up in the church and it's kind of the only thing you've ever known. But for this last season of life, whatever you would you know, term that last season to be, you just feel stagnant. You feel like you haven't really been moving anywhere. It's also possible that you've walked in here this morning and you would probably label yourself more as a skeptic. Somebody that's really not sure if all this is real, if all this is true. And so you walk in here and you still got a lot of questions in your head. Here's what I want to be clear about. No matter where you're at on your journey, all of us, all of us have a step that we could take. And so the bigger hope of this series, and it's going to be a four-week series, and we hope that you come back each and every week, the bigger hope of this series is that by the end of these four weeks, we will start to learn some of the selfish steps that we're making in life that are leading us to God knows where, and replace those, replace those with some spirit-led steps that are going to lead us to where God ultimately wants us to go. So let's begin this conversation by looking at this statement right here. Everyone right now is taking a step towards something. Now, it's possible if you're an average American, you're moving so fast in your life right now that you, don't even, you haven't really even been paying attention to the steps that you're taking. It's also possible that you've arrived at some destinations and you think to yourself, how in the world did I get here? 
Friends, all of us are taking steps, and sometimes when we don't think through what those steps are, when they're steps that we haven't been intentional about, specifically inviting God to show us what our steps should be looking like in our life, we end up at places that we often find ourselves saying, I never thought I would be here. When I was young and dumb, uh, one of the things that I wanted to be known for, one of the kind of the reputations that I wanted to have, I wanted to be the wild man. I wanted to be the crazy guy, kind of the life of the party. And in order for me to become that person, there were steps that I had to take to become that person. Little did I know that the very same steps that would cause me to become the wild man also were the same steps that led me to my second DUI and ending, ending up in a jail cell. And I remember that night in a drunk tank. I remember thinking to myself, maybe for the first time in my life, really, at that point, my steps are leading me places. I've been making steps, and the steps that I've been making in my life have led me to this place. This is, this is my fault. There's nothing I can say you know, or blame anyone else. And so there was a moment that I had with God, a really serious moment where I'm like, God, if you will help me, I want to start directing my steps towards you. And for the first time in my life, I realized it was my decision to determine what steps that I put one in front of the other because ultimately all of our steps will lead us somewhere. Which leads me to our one thing today, and it's this. It's our steps toward Jesus. It's our steps toward Jesus that prepare us for even greater purposes. When uh, Emily and I first met, we were both attending the University of Kentucky. Can I get an amen? Holy Land. I just mentioned the Holy Land. Yeah, I got some Kentucky folks in here. That's good. I knew the Holy Spirit was in here. Um, just kidding. When Emily and I first met, uh, we were at the University of Kentucky, and I knew of her, but I hadn't met her yet. And the reason I knew of her is because my roommate at the time, uh, he, he was a friend of hers, but he wanted to be more than friends. But lucky for me, she always kept him in friend zone. And so uh, I remember the first time that he brought her over to our house that we, had, we were renting. And I remember she walked into the room where I was at, and I looked at her, and I'm thinking, man, she's way too cute for him. She's actually way too cute for me, too. But as I got to know her, I finally realized that this is a young lady that I wanted to pursue. And lucky for me, I had a pretty cool roommate. And once he realized he was going to be stuck in friend zone forever, he actually set us up for our first date. Our first date was on my 21st birthday. And so if I hadn't made some of the changes that I had made earlier in my life and, started and decided to direct my steps in a different direction, a woman like that would have never given me, if I wouldn't have changed my steps, the time of day. And so little did Emily know when we were out on that first date on my 21st birthday, I'd already put together many steps in my life that led me to become the type of man that she was looking for. Friends, what we pursue always points to what we think is important. Let me say that differently. You pursue the things in life that you value the most. This is just a natural rhythm to your life. This, all of us do this. You will pursue the things in your life that you value the most. And like I said before, you are pursuing something. So if you were just to look at the steps that you've been currently taking, like where are they leading you? Because wherever they're leading you and the steps that you're taking, you're actually showing where you're putting the most value. One of the things that I've noticed in a lot of people's lives is they don't pay a whole lot of attention to the steps that they're putting in front of them. And at some point along the way, they end up in destinations that they didn't think 
they would ever get to. Let's take the analogy of like backpacking or, or hiking, right? I mean, we're in the state of Colorado. This is very familiar to most of us. And so what happens when you're out hiking, if you ever end up at a destination where you ultimately didn't want to end up, what you have to do is you have to backtrack, right? You have to trace your steps. You have to go back and determine, hey, at what point along this path, a lot, at what point during this journey did I take a misstep? Did I have a misstep? Did I take a left when I should have taken a right? And you determine at that point, this is where that I went wrong. And once they get back there, right, once you get back to the point to where you made a misstep, you then kind of slow down. And this time, because you've already ended up at a destination that you didn't ultimately want to end up at, you stop and you take inventory and you think, okay, this next step that I take is very important because the next step that I take will either lead me in the right direction or it will lead me in the wrong direction. And so we begin to think through, hopefully more intentionally, like, what does this next step need to look like? What does this next step specifically need to be to make sure that I don't end up lost again? Now, let me pause for a moment. By no means do I want anybody this morning to, to feel or even live in any type of guilt because you've made some missteps in life. I would be the most hypocritical pastor that you would ever meet if I were the one to do that because of how many missteps I've taken in my own life. Friends, can we all just acknowledge this morning that at some point in all of our journeys, we've taken missteps. We've, we've taken steps that we knew were the wrong decision. Some of us actually even knew it's like, hey, I know I'm supposed to go this way. Like, I know. Everything in me tells me I know I'm supposed to go this way, but we went this way instead. All of us have had missteps in life. And so if you're anything like me, you've had to go back in your past. You've had to look in the rearview mirror and determine, hey, where did I go wrong? And maybe go back and start to, to think through the next steps that we need to take to ultimately get us to the destination where we hope to arrive at, but more important than that, where God wants us to arrive. Now, that sounds all good and well, right? It sounds like that should be easy, but it's still not, is it? Many of us have find, find ourselves here today, and even though maybe some of what I've said is, makes sense, we still don't know what our next step needs to be. And lucky for us, for those of us in here that have decided to follow Jesus, he makes it crystal clear that no matter if you're a baby Christian or you're a seasoned Christian, you've been following the Lord for a long time, he makes our step crystal clear, our first step. Let me read what he says in Matthew chapter 6. He says this, So don't worry about these things, saying what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So... Seek first the kingdom. In this version, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. In another version, it says, seek first the kingdom. And then live righteously. In other words, start to live like Jesus. Pay attention to the way he lived his life and start to live like that. And then he will give you everything that you need. This next statement is huge. Let's read it together. If you get this right. Let's say it again. If you get this right. Big transition phrase here. If you get this right, it will better prepare you for other things that you should be pursuing. Do you see how all that just came together for us? If you seek first the kingdom of God, if that is your first step, the next steps that you need to take in your life, specifically the steps towards Jesus, are going to become more clear. Kind of sounds like our one thing today, doesn't it? It's our steps toward Jesus that prepare us for even greater purposes. Let's pause for a second. Let's just back up because what we've determined so far is that 
the missteps that we've taken, all of us have taken them. There's missteps that we've taken in life. And sometimes we need to go back in our past and figure out where did I go wrong? And once we figure out where those, where those moments were, we then want to take the next step very carefully, right? We want to make sure it's a step that God wants us to take. And he makes it clear here, that next step needs to be seeking the kingdom of God above all else. So that begs the question, what does it look like to seek the kingdom of God above all else? Now, that's a big question. By no means can, can I answer all of that this morning, but here's what I'd like to do for you, to give you some practical steps of what it would be to pursue the kingdom of God above all else. I'm going to take the word pursue, and I'm going to break that down into an acronym to give you some some tangible action steps of how you personally can seek the kingdom of God above all else. Let's begin with the word P, or the letter P. Pray. Corey talked to you guys a little bit earlier about this prayer event that we've got coming up, and some of you, this is a big step in and of itself, right? I mean, for you just to make prayer a bigger part of your life, you're, you've kind of in this maybe a stagnant phase of faith, and it's like, I don't even know if this is like this channel of communication is open between me and God. I just don't feel that connection. One of the first things that I would encourage you, if that's you, is to say the simple prayer, God, would you teach me to pray? And just keep saying it. Every time you feel that, whatever that is inside of you where it's like, I don't even know what to say, is he even listening? Just utter the words, God, would you teach me to pray? Maybe begin there. And definitely just to reiterate what Corey said, I'd love for each and every one of you to join our 24-7 prayer event. It's going to be an incredible event. The next letter we're going to look at is you. We put ourselves underneath God's authority, which would be his word, right? Too many of us give ourselves too much credit. We start to look at our life. We start to look at the steps we think we should make, and we start giving ourselves too much credit to think that we know how to do this without God. And one of the first things we need to do as we're pursuing the kingdom of God above all else is that we put ourselves underneath his authority. Next letter we're going to look at is R, which is to remain humble in the letter to Rome that Paul writes, in Romans chapter 12 specifically, Paul says, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but instead think of yourselves with sober judgment. If there was anybody in this world that deserved to not be humble, it probably would have been Jesus, but even he paves the path of humility for us. Friends, we've got to make sure that we don't think too highly of ourselves and that we think of others maybe even before our own lives. We need to remain humble. The next letter would be S, to serve others. One of the best ways to keep your attention off of yourself and not to become too self-consumed in your own life is to actually serve others and to make yourself available for others. And then the next letter would be U, which is umbrella. At this point in my sermon, I had no word I could think of for the letter, letter U. But then I thought of an axiom that I've used a lot, and you've probably heard me say this if you've been around Trace for any amount of time, and it goes like this. Friends, if it's raining in someone else's life, don't be afraid to get wet. If it's raining in someone else's life, don't be afraid to get wet. This is really who we are at Trace. One of our values here, what we call it stuff we do, is that we're going to extend hope when life hurts. The way that Paul puts this when he writes to the church in Galatia in chapter 6, he says, carry each other's burdens. And if you'll do that, like if you'll actually do that, if you'll help carry one another's burdens, you actually will fulfill the law of Christ. That is a monumental statement. So I could say we'd be pretty, pretty safe in our pursuit of seeking the kingdom of God above all else by getting our umbrellas out and stepping into other people's lives when it's raining. Carry one another's burdens. The last letter we'll look at for this is to encourage one another in Christ. When I sat down with my team, some of you have heard me say this before, when I sat down with my team when we first launched this church, I said, guys, there's two areas that I think all of us, it would do this church well if all of us grew in these two areas. 
I want us to become master encouragers because life is just difficult. Marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. Following Jesus is hard. And so what if we all just became master encouragers? I hope this becomes a church of master encouragers. And the other one I said is uh, learn to empathize. Be better empathizers with the pain in other people's lives. Now, this, again, is not an exhaustive list, but friends, these are steps that we can take in the direction of Jesus to seek his kingdom first. And again, let me remind you of our one thing today. It's our steps toward Jesus that prepare us for even greater purposes. When I first got into ministry, um, I really didn't know what to expect. Even stepping into ministry for me was a three-year argument that I lost with God because I had really no desire to do it. I had no plans to ever become a lead pastor. I had no plans to become a church planner. I just wanted to tell people about Jesus because of what he'd done in my own personal life. But one of the things that Emily has pointed out to me over the years, I think it's actually very interesting, is how strategically God has put steps in front of me to take. And what he's shown me and what she really pointed out to me was each step that God was having me take was really just preparation for the next step that he wanted me to take. I mean, that step into ministry Like, that was a big step for me. And I thought, hey, and I was a sports pastor, and I had a lot of fun doing that, and it was great. But it was that step that prepared me for the next step God wanted me to take, which was to become a campus pastor and begin to be more of a shepherd and oversee people and care for people more deeply. And it was that move and that step of becoming a campus pastor and growing in my faith and even, excuse me, leadership and responsibility that God put the call in my heart to plant a church. You see, when he put steps in front of us, I think this is true for every one of us. When he puts steps in front of us and we take that step, it's often preparation for the next step that he wants us to take. Think of it this way. I mean, when we take a step, every time that we take the step that God wants us to take, the next step that he has for us, it becomes more clear. Let me use the example of this mountain right here, right? We're all familiar with this. This mountain is beautiful no matter where you see it around this city. You have beautiful views, but when you get really close to this mountain, you start to drive up Pikes Peak, or even if you summit Pikes Peak, the clarity of its beauty comes into focus for the first time. I mean, to some extent, this makes sense, right? I mean, things that are at a distance, we can't necessarily see every aspect of it. But as we take steps closer to things that maybe feel, we, have, we feel some distance between us and whatever that may be, things start to come into focus. Friends, every step that we take towards Jesus allows us to see him more clearly. And for what it's worth this morning, all of us right now are either taking a step towards him or we're taking a step away from him. And if I'm being completely honest with you this morning, most people that find themselves at a place in their life and in their faith that are struggling and can't see clearly what next step it is that they're, they're supposed to take in their faith, it's often because they've taken so many steps away from him that it's hard to see what the next step should be toward him. But let me, let me remind you of maybe one of the greatest promises in all of Scripture. Because of the cross, no matter how many steps, listen to me, no matter how many steps that you've taken away from God, no matter how many steps or missteps that you've had in life, if you will simply turn around, the Bible calls this repent, if you will simply simply turn around and go in the direction of Jesus, not only will he be there to show you your next step, he will be there to take that next step with you. It's the beauty of the cross. Let me remind you of something that Luke says in Acts chapter 17, says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, 
The master of the sky and the land doesn't live in custom-made shrines or need the human race to run errands for him, as if he couldn't take care of himself. He makes the creatures. The creatures don't make him. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so that we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us, folks. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in him. We can't get away from him. Several months ago, I uh, had something shipped to my house uh, it was a really big item. It was something for church. And so I don't have a truck, so I had to go to one of my neighbors and ask him if he'd be willing to put it in his truck and follow me over to the church. Now, he had to follow me because he'd never been to Trace before because he's a heathen. And he's never accepted my invitation. I'm just kidding. John, if you're watching, I love you, man. You know, I love you. But maybe I'm sure you've done this before, right? You got somebody following you and you're kind of looking in your rearview mirror to make sure that they're still there and like you don't catch a light or they don't catch a light that you didn't catch. And so I'm constantly watching in my rearview mirror to see if John's still, you know, behind me, if he's keeping up with me. And I'm paying so much attention to him being behind me that as I get up to a green light to take a right turn, I don't see a kid crossing the street on his bike. And all of a sudden, I start hearing all of these horns, like everybody's laying on their horns. And I realize it was for me. And I look up just at the time that I clip his front tire and knock him to the ground. Now, lucky and thankfully, uh, he wasn't hurt. His bike wasn't even hurt. Uh, I think both of us needed to change our shorts after that moment. But aside from that, we were okay. Why do I tell you that story? Guys, sometimes we live looking too much into the rearview mirror of life, right? Sometimes we can't see the next step in front of us, the next step that God is trying to even show us, the next step that we need to take to move in his direction because we won't stop looking behind us. Now, is it healthy to go back and figure out some of those missteps in life? Yeah, we've already determined that, right? We talked through this, but, and I've said this before, the past, it can be a great teacher, but it's not a dictator. Don't let it be a dictator, In other words, if you keep looking in the rearview mirror, your past is going to keep you looking behind you, and it's going to keep you from seeing clearly whatever the next step is that God wants you to make. So friends, for some of us this morning, it's time to change our angle. I'm sure many of you know uh, what it's written on this mirror, right? I mean, hopefully all of you have one of these on the side of your car, and it says, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Right? And so if we continue to look in our past, we keep thinking, oh man, this thing is still following me, so we need to change our angle. And we need to start looking up. Because objects in this mirror are closer than they may appear right now. It reminds me of Psalm 34:18 that I've read several times in the last couple weeks. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Friends, the Lord is closer than he may appear right now. Some of you, you don't feel it, right? I mean, if we're, we just got to be honest this morning. You don't feel it. Sounds great that I say it, but you just don't feel near to God. You don't feel like he's near to you. You don't hear, feel like he's answering your prayers. You don't feel like he's potentially even out there because you just feel so much distance between you and him. But it might be, it might be. Can I just, can I be as bold this morning to say it might be because of how many steps you've taken away from him. And so if you'll turn around, he's ready to meet you face to face And he's nearer than you think. And not only is he going to help you to make the next step, he's going to walk with you as you make that next step. Friends, maybe your action step this morning is just to change the angle. 
Maybe the step that you need to take is stop doing this and start doing this. And here's a statement that might be a takeaway statement. It might be your takeaway statement this morning. If it's a step that God wants you to take, if it's a step that he wants you to take, you have to be reassured it's a step that he's willing to help you make. If it's a step that God wants you to take, I promise you it's going to be a step that he helps you make. So what is your step this morning? What is your intentional step? If you were to pause, take inventory on where you're at, are you, have you ended up where you wanted to end up? But a better question, have you ended up where God wanted you to end up? And this is not a time to live in guilt if you've had those missteps along the way. It's time to take inventory, to revisit what it is and where it is that you ultimately want to end up again the next time that you start this journey and be intentional this time. Direct your steps according to what it is God is calling you to do. Let me remind you of our one thing one more time. Friends, it's our steps toward Jesus that prepare us for even greater purposes. I'm going to switch gears as I conclude our time together this morning, and I want to talk to you guys about some things that I experienced when I was on my study leave. And if you're new here to Trace or you've you know, just come in for the first time and didn't know this, I just came off of a four-week study leave. And while I was gone and being refreshed and refocused, I was leaning into the Lord in new ways and asked him, God, is, you know, this is your church. This is not my church. This is your church. Are we heading in the direction? Are we taking the steps that you want us to take? And as I processed through that, the answer to, a, to that question to the, a great extent was, yes, we are headed in a, in a good direction. We are making good strides, and we are accomplishing what we set out to accomplish. But there was a specific area that I feel like he continued to impress upon me, and I just wanted to take some time and share that with you this morning. And it specifically comes to church. Friends, when it comes to church, it's not about something that we attend. It's about something that we engage with, right? I mean, if you were just to use this statement, don't just attend church, Attending church, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, which is the movement of God. You can't attend a movement. You can be a part of a movement. And what God continued to impress upon me is that, Aaron, we need to invite people into a movement. It's not about attending church on Sunday morning. And so I kept coming back to, well, what is the trace experience then? If we're looking at this, not about a, a place that we arrive on Sunday to attend a worship gathering, but instead an experience that we want people to have if they call trace home, what does that look like? Here's what I came up with. Yes, we want to worship on Sunday. And we want Sunday to become a launching pad for each and every one of your lives that when you come here, you feel inspired and encouraged to launch into a new week with a renewed focus on Jesus. And we also want you serving on a team. You're going to hear a whole lot about this next week. Please come back next week. We've got some new things in store that we want to share with you. We want everyone on a team because by serving on a team, it again, allows us to keep from focusing too much on our own lives and start to put the needs of others in front of ourselves. Probably one of the best action steps in discipleship that you can take. Then we want you gathering in a group during the week. Friends, this is the New Testament model of what the church looked like. If you go back to the New Testament, you read through it, they gather, gathered in their homes almost every day. And so what if we can get as many people who come here to Trace, our hope is that every, everyone would get in a group so that you can start experiencing discipleship and growth in Christ in your natural environment. It's not some big building that you come to on Sunday morning. And then the last thing would be engaging personally with your faith at home. Discipleship happens best at home, specifically with parents and their children. Now, with that being said, I understand I'm probably talking to Christians by saying the things that I just said. I understand that I'm probably talking to people who've already made the choice to make Jesus the leader and Lord of their life. So let me come back to a statement that I want to make sure I make crystal clear before we leave. 
Friends, this is a church that will always welcome skeptics. This is a church that will always welcome skeptics. And so if you walked in here this morning and you look at and you hear me talk about all these different action steps and you think, man, that is so far from where I'm at right now, that's completely fine. You can belong here as long as you need to before you ever believe. But let me also challenge you with something if you are a skeptic with us this morning. If it is even remotely possible, listen to me, if it is even remotely possible that Jesus is who he said he is, then that in and of itself makes him worth pursuing. So what is your step this morning? Let me pray for us. Lord, all of us walk through those doors today coming from different destinations. All of us walk through those doors today, and many of us have our fair share of missteps. Many of us have our fair share of knowing that there was a path that you wanted us to take, and we chose a different one. And so, God, instead of living in the rearview mirror, God, I pray that we change our angle and we remind ourselves that you are closer than you may appear sometimes, all the time, really. And so when we need you, instead of living in guilt because of where we've arrived at in life, knowing that it's not really where we wanted to arrive, where you wanted us to arrive at in life, that we can turn around and be instantly face-to-face with your son Jesus once again, and he will help us, start to be- he will help us discern and be intentional about the steps that we need to begin to put into place to lead us closer to him. And so God, whether it's people in the room that are skeptics or if they're just stagnant or maybe they're just stuck, Would you clearly convict us this morning? Something I cannot do. Allow your Holy Spirit to convict us and show us what is our next step. We pray all this in Jesus' name.